Well, hey, welcome everybody. Uh, we're here at today's conversation. This is in today's presence. Um, but today's conversation with Sam and Tim, with Tim and Sam. Um, today, I want to ask one question as we begin. Sam, what kind of coffee are you drinking over there? I can see oh, it. Oh, you can see it. You want to tell people how we're recording this so they know? Yeah, yeah, we're doing a Zoom, a Zoom conference, you know like the corporations do. We're doing a Zoom conference and uh, we're 20, 22, 24 miles away from one another. So we are definitely social distancing. Uh, yes. Um, I am drinking um, covert coffee. Nice. It's, the, it's called disinformation because I ran out of the dead drop, which is their good stuff. So I'm down Excellent. to disinformation. Covert is roasted and shipped out by our good friend, Brian Fowler who I know is listening right now in, in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, College Hill, Tennessee. Chattanooga. He roasts in his basement and his coffee is the best. Um, and if, if, you are, if you're good to him, he will ship you out a bag. But it's, it's called covert for a reason because he yeah, keeps it covert. On the, on the down low, yeah, yeah. As, the kids, as the kids say. No, that, no, they say low key now, right? I don't know what the kids say. I'm so far removed from kid, kid age. It's true. It's true. I'm, You're much older than me. Truly. I'm, just, You're much older. <laughs> I'm still saying gnarly. Oh, nice. Yeah. But that's because you think you just moved into California in 1984. Is that the reason? Well, you know what? <laughs> do you say, do you say rad too? That's rad. I say dope, but I don't think that's appropriate. Um, it's dope. Yo. <laughs> Okay, let's let's jump into it because enough of this uh, enough of this foolishness. Sam, um, listen, we are an apocalyptic people. We come from a faith tradition that um, has a has a tendency to kind of love this end of the world talk. And um, I don't know about you, but last night I got a uh, I got a you know a news a news brief whatever on my phone a notification that said um, you know we've activated the national guard for the three highest hit areas California New York and what is it Pennsylvania I think um, anyway all of a sudden all of a sudden I don't know what happened in your head but I know what yeah. happened in my head yep. those those you know I'm I'm thinking back to fourth grade I'm thinking yep. back to some video that we watched. I'm thinking back. Tell, tell me about your experience with that. Uh, fourth grade, I'm thinking back to college and many, many, many hours spent learning about how this is exactly how it goes down. Mm -hmm. the, the military is activated and it's just a matter of time before they begin to put restrictions on us. Look, here's what, I went, here's what went through my head. Okay, they've already told us we cannot meet for church services, right? Right. And now the military is involved in forcing this. Well, they're not saying they're enforcing the lock-in, but they're here to help. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't, think, I don't think the National Guard are all nurses and doctors. There may be some. There, no, but, there's some, for sure. Yeah, of course. So I, my mind went immediately to our end-time remnant message. This is exactly how it plays out. We, it's just a step away from us becoming the you know, the persecuted victims of our end time narrative. Right. Right. So, so what, what, what did you think? What did you think? What did you think? No, same thing, man. I mean, we, 
you know, I didn't grow up in a house that, that um, exacerbated that kind of conversation. I was really, quite honestly, I was really blessed to grow up in a house that was just a champion for grace, uh, both, you know, for our family as well as in the Seventh-day Adventist church through the ministry that my dad um, always ran on my mom. But, um, but yeah, you still, you still get that, right? You still get that, um, that funk was Sam falling back in his chair, I think. <laughs> Sorry. What that Sorry. funk was. <laughs> but um but no you know so that anxiety is there that 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 oh no is is this it so let me ask you i want to ask you two questions on this and i'm not trying to put you on the spot or you have something to say because you know i ask you the questions buddy this is how i'm I'm asking you the question let me ask you two questions number one what if this really is everything that we've thought and number two what if it's not Oh, well, two, two completely alternate scenarios. Um, well, first, I just I want to I always want to say that <clears throat> I did. I grew up in a very in a beautiful, sweet, Jesus loving home, too. But our home was definitely organized around preparing for the end. Mm-hmm. And and I think in my home, we were always constantly on the lookout for the signs. And so the the thing that that does even though my parents are incredibly sweet jesus loving people um what it does is it it you grow up in a con- continuous state of anxiety and fear that this may be it and it took a long time for me to to come to the place where i could actually think about the end not as a as a as a thing to fear but a thing to welcome and want and and desire Mm-hmm. Um, so still, still have the, somewhere in me, the genetic, Hey, last night, uh, what's happening. But, but I think what, for me, the outcome of the end has always got to be good news, good news, good news for all people. Mm-hmm. Um, so if the deployment of the national guard last night is somehow a sign that we're closer to the end, then it's got to be good news in some way. It's got to be, um, I, I need to prepare for the end of all of the, of the things that bring about pain and hurt and death and dying. All that is what's coming to an end, right? Right. Um, I can tell you, look, one short little thing, and then I'll turn it over to you. You answer the second question. <laughs> I remember the day that I decided to leave behind the notion that we're on our own and, and suffering and persecution is the only thing that happens in the end. Um, I, w- I was in college and I sat through a one-hour dramatization, well-meaning dramatization from some friends of mine that depicted the end in such horrifying, just horrific, it, it was, everyone died, there was, anxiety, fear, screaming, um, a person playing the devil ran around a stage hitting people and, and shooting them and decapitating them. I just knew I walked away from that thinking and knowing there's no way that that is the most hope giving, life giving message we can believe in or that that's how it plays out. Right. Right. Um, wow. That's, 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 kind of cool that you know the moment that you were like nah yeah. not for me yeah that's amazing yeah. 
What about you? Well, so if I'm going to answer the second question, which is what if it's not the end of times? Um, first of all, let's 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 talk for just a second about um, seeking signs. The funny thing about seeking signs is that you always find them, right? Every generation has found them. Every generation has, um, you know, there's been people who put their hope on them every single time. Every every notion of you know, this is the end is going to find validation in the signs that you're looking for. I always say it's like, you know, it's like when you buy a car, you know, you, you start to look at a car and you're like, there's none of these cars around. And then you buy one and you realize there's all these cars. I, I own a white Honda, arguably the most purchased and the, the color is the most purchased color. Like the, there are only white Hondas on the street certain days. Um, when I bought it, I thought, oh, this is cool. Not, not so many people have it. No, I, I could have done a little bit more research and realized that. But, um, but I think the same thing goes with signs. So when we begin to look for signs, we find those signs and they're validated. Whether they're real or not, that's a different question. But, mm-hmm. um, and then what happens is we become doomsday prophets, right? And CNN just did an article about this, actually, about the doomsday prophets that are out there that are saying this is the end. And I mean, I even noticed on the podcast that you guys did for the one project this um, this Sabbath, there was a guy who was who was putting putting that stuff out there on the comments. And listen, I, I get it; that's our worldview. But but um, I'm not sure that we're being helpful. First of all, if it's true, I'm not sure that we're being helpful. Second of all, if it's untrue, I know that we're not being helpful. At, at the end, I think we said this in our last podcast, at, at the end of the day, Jesus wins. This has got to be good news. And whatever suffering, mm-hmm. quote unquote, that we might have to go through. And again, my, my probably my biggest problem with our eschatology is that it's it's deeply narcissistic. It seems that, yeah. that, that the, the crux of the world depends on us, not on Jesus. And I think we have to be very careful about our interpretation of the end of time. Because the end of time is about Jesus. It is not about us. It's not about a remnant, although certainly scripture speaks to a remnant. And that mm-hmm. I think that's a much broader understanding than we've allowed for it to be historically at times. Yes. But I think that um, I think that if we make whatever's happening about us, we have again missed the point. What we've really missed is the sign of Jesus Christ and what this is supposed to lead us to. So if this leads us, if this leads us to more fear, if this leads us to more anxiety, if this leads us to a where do we fit at this end time, you know, narrative, then we've done the work of meology. We haven't done the work of theology, which is supposed to be something that leads us to Christ. And so, regardless mm-hmm. of the regardless of the end of this right? Um, what has been promised to us is salvation and peace. Those things have been promised to us throughout scripture. And so there's mm-hmm. no reason, I think there's no, I shouldn't say there's no reason, right? We're going to live with anxiety and that sort of thing. And, and like you said, the DNA that's built into us, we're going to look around the corner and go, is that the sign? Is that the sign? Um, there's one sign of Jesus's return. That's his return at the end of the day, <laughs> yes, yes. right? We'll, we'll know, we'll be proven right, we'll be proven wrong when he comes. Until then, our goal is to continue the Missio Dei, right? To give mm-hmm. compassion, to do justice, to serve mercy, to, to, to be healing, right? And to declare the year of the Lord's favor, as it tells us in Luke 4. So that means that if we're going to declare the year of the Lord's favor, we should be declaring that God is for us in this time, in this moment, mm-hmm. not that God is against us, because that's what it means to declare the year of the Lord's favor. God is for us, not against us. 
Mm-hmm. And in a time of crisis, people can feel that God is against them. And when we are, when we are saying, you know, when we are giving these doomsday prophecies, man, we're, mm-hmm. and by the way, everybody who's given a doomsday prophecy for the last 2000 years, like it hasn't ended well. <laughs> right. I mean, it just, yeah. it hasn't, Yeah, it hasn't. So I don't know that those are my thoughts. That's a lot of thoughts. I apologize. I didn't mean to, to wax those, on. Those are the say. thoughts. Those are the reason why we're doing this podcast. And these are the thoughts that we, we have all the time, you and I together, and we wanted to actually say them out loud and record them to see what other people think. Um, and maybe to be a blessing to others. I have a burden that, um, yeah, that the, the, the message we are proclaiming is, as the angel said when Jesus was born, um, a message that brings joy mm-hmm. and brings hope to all people, um, not a message that instills fear and anxiety. Um, the burden, I mean, people are already burdened enough with, with what's going on in the world. If, if also thinking about um, if our faith is not what's, what's helping us through this, um, if, if our faith is actually contributing to the, to the anxiety, then something's wrong with, with how we see God and the right. character of God. Um, so, yeah, that's the, yeah, that's how we have to think about the end. Exactly. And what a moment for the kingdom of God, right? What a mm. moment for the, for his people to, to stand up and say, Hey, we're, we're going to, we want to be part of the solution to everything that's going on, not part of the problem, which, which brings me to one quick point. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people I, I hear from a few people that, you know, oh, this is stupid. This is, you know, the, the sheltering in place. None of this matters there. I, I would, I would direct them to an article that just came out um, of Harvard, actually talking about the numbers of beds. I don't know if you saw that on Becker's hospital review this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I'll send you the article. It's a fascinating article of um, really just talking about the, the numbers of beds that we will be short if 40% of the adult population, if 20% catch it, that's not obviously the people who are all going to the hospital, but that's 20% catch it. Every single one of our cities is going to be short beds and that's going to be a tax on our healthcare system. And so if we can help flatten that curve in some way, and I know, listen, I, I understand there are sectors of our, there are sectors of industry that are going to be destroyed. And I, I wish we could, I wish we could find a way to, to help that out. But I also think that we have, especially as Christians, we have a responsibility to being part of the solution. And mm-hmm. um, you know, hey. one of the ways is for us to get real generous. Number one, no. be generous pray, and pray for our healthcare heroes everywhere. Yep. Absolutely. Support them in every way we can. Number two, people stay home. If this is the only thing you gain from this time together with Tim and I today, please, please, please stay home. Follow the instructions. Um, right. It'll help us all. I saw, I saw, <laughs> there's a local. I'm not going to say the business's name, but there's a local business that on social media posted a, a, a poignant announcement. We basically saying we don't really care what the governor of California has said. Um, that decree has no bearing on us. Please come shop at our store still. <laughs> that's not, that's not going to help anybody. And, and also for, um, 
I want to say a word in love. I want to say it in love to all my Christian brothers and sisters who believe that meeting together now is actually an act of defiance against those who would try to impinge, infringe on their religious liberty. Um, brothers and sisters, this is not the time. This is not right. the time. Um, we believe in religious liberty. We do. But this is not what this is about. This is a public health crisis. So please stay home. Quédense en sus casas, por favor. In Spanish, Tim. In Spanish, in case I know, anyone... I know, I know that Spanish. What makes you think I don't know that Spanish? Man, you have very little faith in me. I didn't think you were speaking French. Um... <laughs> No, it's you know, listen, you know, we all have to we all have to take a look at um, where we're getting our information and making sure. But from somebody who had the blessing to work in the public health world for a little while, um, mm. you know, what what we can do to help, I think, is important. And as Christians, I think we always need to be on the forefront of that um, because we we actually have faith that God is in control, and that doesn't mean that we do stupid things, thinking you know, like don't force God into a miracle to keep you from being infected. Um, yeah, you know. that's like being a, a snake handler. Because yeah. well, it's like it's like using prayers, birth control. Maybe not the best idea. <laughs> <laughs> prayer okay, prayer is not, not, can, not a valid form of contraception. Right. We can't end on that, though. Can we? Can you? Can you bring us home, Sam? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we can't. Maybe we can. Maybe that's. <laughs> I can't. Everybody, this has been today's presence with Tim and Sam, hoping that we have been hope and a little inspiration, a little information, and all those things in one. Thanks for listening. Listen to us again next time. <laughs> <laughs>